The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today we have a wonderful guest with us coming from Charlottesville, Virginia, where I used to live. And we all have heard about all the tragedy over there in Charlottesville, so we send our love and prayers. But we have with us Kate O'Connell, LPC, who's a therapist, and she wrote this wonderful book that I just finished reading called Beyond the Imprint, a new modality for mental health uh, practitioners and those seeking their help. And I think that anyone can understand it and get a great deal out of it. And uh, it's wonderful. So welcome to our show, Kate. Yes. So Kate, I, I didn't remember to say that you are a child and family therapist with that private practice in Charlottesville, Virginia, beautiful Charlottesville. And you also um, have your book provides the framework for the ministrations of the Healing Alliance of Central Virginia, which is www.hacva.org, which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to uniting the skills, wisdom, and expertise of health practitioners in the community. And so we can talk a little bit more about that later. So tell me, how is it that you came to write this book, Beyond the Imprint? Yes, it's been a very interesting journey. Um, One of the first things that I would identify is that I didn't know I was doing it while I was doing it. And it was this gradual dawning awareness of paying attention uh, as I was getting my clinical training in noticing what wasn't working and wanting to understand more about what would be effective. And so I was just making note over a period of many years of doing intensive in-home services and with my training with family systems therapy and understanding patterns of just noticing over time that when people were coming into traditional therapy settings and spending most of their time uh, with speaking the narrative that they had created over the years about what their experience was and the reasons why they weren't getting their needs met and having their desired experience. In doing that, very little changed in their actual experience. Right. So I started just doing a lot of research and with other training that I was getting outside of the clinical framework, understanding in all of my readings and what was being discovered with trauma in the field of epigenetics, that we needed to be really looking at a much 
deeper level, at the cellular level, to understand what we're actually at the effect of unconsciously. Yeah. Explain to us what epigenetics is. So I became aware of it through the work of Bruce Lipton, particularly in his book, Biology of Belief, in the understanding that the environment essentially is what shapes our DNA. So it's been an ongoing debate in the field of psychology called the nature versus nurture debate as to whether or not our genetics or our environment are primarily responsible for the experiences that we have. And what we've come to understand is that we are, through inheriting uh, our respective DNA lineages and all the memory inherent with that, we are definitely genetically predisposed to manifest uh, various physical, emotional, and mental disease expressions depending on how much stress we experience through the course of our lifetime. But the environment that provides the stimulus for that stress is going to determine and our response to the stress and and, and in the environment is going to determine whether we actually manifest those imbalances. And so through looking at more and more research, which we're really on the cutting edge of and understanding that our emotional response, which was a big part of this modality, is going to determine uh, whether or not we are imprinted um, by experiences and people in our environment and whether we will carry those memories around and then moving forward defend those experiences. That's fascinating. Explain what you mean by beyond the imprint and how we're so, imprinted. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a really important piece of understanding this modality. So the imprint is memory. And so at the moment that we are conceived, we actually are inherit memory from our respective DNA lineages and the scientists in the field of epigenetics have recently identified that they can measure that going back to 14 generations. Oh my so we God. literally, yes, and I don't see any reason why we need to stop there. It's just that's as far as we can, with the tools that we have, measure it at this point in history. <laughs> so if you, un- if you think about that and what the implications are, we're, you know, trauma is memory. Sure. And so we're inheriting that, and it certainly does explain uh, intergenerational patterns of behavior as well as intergenerational patterns of experiences because through the law of attraction, um, understanding that we are just vibration and we're going to attract experiences to us that we are in resonance with and that resonance is determined by the memory that we're carrying, the imprinting that we're carrying in the 50 trillion cells of our body. So it's held in the body. Trauma is somatic. Mm. So, you know, moving from conception to um, being implanted in our first environment, which is the womb, um, depending on mom's stress levels, we're imprinted with all of that. And then we're born into environments that uh, can range a whole spectrum of, you know, chaos and conflict and abuse and, and fear and anxiety, depending on what the particulars are and what our caregivers are vibrating with as it relates to their imprinting. Mm -hmm. And so all of that we take in at a very deep cellular level. 
And so we're carrying all of that with us as we grow and as we develop through these critical stages of development. And as we begin moving into adulthood and forming significant relationships, we take all of that into these relationships in an unconscious attempt to get our needs met um, by pretty much primarily through our conditioning to rely on the other to make us feel better about ourselves. Mm. And this is a big piece of what we look at and take apart in the work that I do using this modality. Right. So how do we get beyond that imprint if we want to get beyond that imprint? (laughs) That's what the book is about, right? (laughs) Yes, it's a great question. The thing is, is it's first super important to just understand that we are imprinted, how we're imprinted, and the fact that it's what's informing all of our perceptions and all of our beliefs about ourselves, about others, and about reality in general. And that is takes some time to truly understand what the scope and the depth and the breadth of all of that is. And then we start to talk about the fact that depending on what is showing up in your environment as stimulus, if it's stressful, it will be activating you. You're going to get triggered. And, ha- and so I train people in understanding the moment in which they become activated and triggered. And what happens first is their adrenals become activated. And at first, people may not be as body-centered, focused, or aware to identify that. So then I ask them to, at the, at the very least, be able to identify the moment in which they begin to defend themselves. Because all of our defenses are there to ensure that we survive experiences that overwhelmed us in the past. And so in the moment when we're activated, we will defend with react, to a degree of reactivity that exceeds what's happening in the moment. And the example that I use in the book and with my clients is what happens in road rage. Because in road rage, the reaction it far exceeds what's actually occurring. But what's happened is because somebody cut us off or they're not moving fast enough and that way we can't do what we're trying to do because we've identified it's absolutely critical and necessary, all of that touches in on deep memory of a time when we were much younger when things were out of control and when our safety was compromised. And that's why we bring that amount of reactivity. So this is all about helping people understand what is unconsciously happening in their response and reaction to what's occurring in the environment within relationships, within situations. And then I help them uh, train themselves to pause before they actually react. So you can actually create space in time between the stimulus and what your response is. And the more space you create so that you can collect yourself, understand what's occurring, and have a more neutral response, the less you're going to reinforce the imprint. So the first thing is about creating space between the response and the stimulus in the environment in order to ha- to train yourself to have more neutral responses. And in doing that, we're not reinforcing the imprint. And then when we, we go to the next step, which is to d- dissolve what we're carrying, is working within modalities within the framework of energy medicine. So um, we start with body work, we work with flower essences, we work with Reiki, we work with cranial sacral. In the nonprofit that I've created, there's a whole host of modalities that have been identified 
that um, we will be referring clients to in order to dissolve this memory, this imprinting. Well, it's a fascinating way to look at it. I know for me that, you know, I, I live in conflict, meaning that's I'm in the middle of it always um, as, as right, an attorney mediator. Right, you facilitate. Yeah, and, and so I myself have to keep myself from reacting and taking that pause, breathing, yawning, whatever I need to do so that I get in touch with what's happening in my body and I just breathe into it. If I feel that my solar plexus just got a knife in it, I have to just breathe into it so the knife gently falls out. (laughs) That's kind of my way of doing it. And and I have to teach my clients too. I I have an Asian bell. So I tell people that, um, you know, when things get hot, I will ring the bell. And that means everybody stops, pauses like what you're talking about, stop, and you listen to the bell and you can't speak until the bell stops ringing. And that that helps us to have an outside stimulus to make us pause. And then then we can respond rather than react. Yeah. Right. And that point that you made about noticing what's happening in your own body is also a key component to this modality because I talk about people who do this work have to be aware that their stuff is going to get triggered. And you have to have that awareness. And most of traditional therapy just talks mostly about making sure your stuff isn't in the room, but that's impossible. Your stuff (laughs) is always going to be in the room. If you're in the room, your stuff is in the room. So we don't judge any of this. We just acknowledge it. And like you just so eloquently described, we teach ourselves how to maintain neutrality around it just by knowing that it's our stuff. Yeah. And there are those beautiful body-centered practices that we can rely on um, that increase our capacity to maintain neutrality in response to stress. Yeah, yeah. It really takes practice. and It does. And people need to have, like, a, something to do because... It's so easy to react and, and, it is. and, you know, have that knee jerk reaction. And I love the, the saying by, um, I forgot his name, Ambrose, but it's a speak when you're angry and you'll say the best speech you ever regret. You know? <laughs> so, you know, oh, you, that's awesome. it is, it's so awesome. <laughs> and, and so I have to always say that, you know, with that you have to stop and, um, it's it's really fascinating that pause can do so much to even make you stop and say, okay, what am I so upset about? Is is this worth it? You know, I mean, right. this can go through your your brain in just a nanosecond. What you know? Do I really want to do this? If my husband does something that I don't like, I could react, or I could say, do I really? Is it worth it? <laughs> How right. important is this? You know, no, I'm going to let it right. go. Right, and, and the reaction is yes. The reaction always exceeds what's happening in the moment. And what you've also touched on, which is a central thesis of this, is to understand that however we're showing up and feeling very strong about our position and dug in and in defense, it's because we are attempting to get our needs met in a way that they weren't met at much younger ages through critical stages of Mm. development. So it's as adults, we're overcompensating. And so that's why it can be so potentially explosive because 
It's coming from very deep wounding when the brain was still in its early formative stages of development. So there isn't even a rational understanding of why, you know, fighting over which couch you're going to get um, or, you know, things that in hindsight seem quite irrelevant. Um, but you defend and you fight for what you defend and fight for because it's coming from a much earlier time in your life in which it really did feel like your survival was hanging in the balance. Yeah. And you really can't change the past at all. <laughs> no, know, only that, to that, understand that right. it's been wonderful material. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I guess it, the, the critical thing that you talk about is, you know, we can change our experience by just changing ourselves. And right, that's, and that's you know, where we that's go to the, the quantum level. That's right. talking at the quantum level because that's the understanding that everything that's outside of us is a reflection of what we carry within us, what we believe to be true about ourselves, but that we defend every single day. Right. And so this is about bringing the shadow material to, to the surface so that we can embrace it, so that we can stop judging ourselves because these splits that we're coming from through these judgments can be healed. And that's a big part of what happens in dissolving these imprints is we integrate these splits. And in integrating these splits, we become in alignment with ourselves. And that's, you know, from the spiritual perspective, that's self-actualization. That's the goal. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. And, you know, they've been doing so much research on the brain, which I just yes. get such a kick out of because it helps me when I'm, you know, in the middle of trying to help people resolve conflict that, you know, what's going on in their primitive brain and how to bring them yes. back to their rational brain and all these things that we can do that, that really... It's wonderful that we're not a slave to these emotions. Right. We don't have to be once we become aware of it. And the hindbrain is the autonomic nervous system, which is fight or flight, right. which is we're back to what becomes activated when a stressor shows up in the environment. Right, right. So that's, that's the beauty is that sometimes people think that they are, they are just, you know, forced to act like what they are, you know, I, that's just the right. way I am. People will say, that's just the way I am. Well, that is the way your emotions are. <laughs> you know, we right. all get angry. We all have fears. We all have all these different emotions that are, that are automatic, but we don't have to succumb to them, right? No, we, no, we don't. And, and what is very empowering for my clients, and I'd like to share with your listeners, yes. is the understanding that you've created your experience. And many people, almost all people at first will defend against that because they're judging their experience and the people in it um, because they believe from conditioning that if the husband or the wife or the boss or the teenager changes, then everything will be good. But the fact of the matter is, that, again, is just a reflection. So if we get people to the place where they can truly accept that they've created this experience, then what is so empowering is the understanding that they can create something completely different. Yes, yes. Yeah, I was talking to a client the other day that keeps coming back with all these horrible things that happened to her. And I didn't, and I said, you know, none of this is your fault, but 
you have to question, why is this happening? What am I doing that's bringing this into my life? And it's just an aha moment. It isn't a blame or a, you know, you're a bad person. It's like, oh, wow, you know, if I'm doing certain things, I, what are my judgments? What are, what am I doing? And when you ask that question, you start to get answers like, what can I do differently? <laughs> right. You know, and what from can the perspective I do? Of, yes. <laughs> and from the perspective of the modality, what I tell people, because this is actually quite common and I write about it in the book, is when people keep cycling through these traumas, um, it's because on an unconscious level, they're attempting to resolve the original trauma. Yeah, yeah. That's why you'll have a lot of patterns show up like this, where people will just have unbelievable trauma, just keep cycling through, keep occurring. And it's because through this vibrational resonance and attracting these experiences, it's the opportunity to recognize that there can be a different experience, that you can, in dissolving the imprints from the original trauma, then everything changes. Because at some point you've been conditioned at the deepest physical cellular level to expect that the roof is going to fall in. And I find this with clients who've had unbelievable um, chronic trauma throughout childhood. Yeah. Is there is just never a sense of safety. That it just, it's, it's been completely eroded. So there's a huge part of their psyche as well as their nervous system that is always waiting for the shoe to drop. Yeah. And then, of course, like you said, the law of attraction, it brings it in. It brings it in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I love that chapter on patterns. You know, patterns are, they're they're not easy to break. They're really not easy to break. No, but they are indicative of the past and the future until you do dissolve them. Yes. Exactly. And I like you have this list of expressions of trauma, cellular imprinting. And I thought that was really helpful. You know, fear, anger, violence, control, addiction, competition, victimology. Oh, yeah, the victimology. Defensiveness, attachments, reactivity, manipulation, codependency, mental, emotional, physical imbalance. Yeah. And then you have expressions of beyond the imprint. Okay, so when we get to that higher level of consciousness where we are beyond that imprint stage, that's when we have unconditional love, gratitude, humility, surrender, cooperation, trust, detachment, interdependency, transparency. I just love that because all those words are are what you know, what I strive for in my life, you know. So yes. it's so beautiful. Yes. Yes, and it is just having that list is just a beautiful reminder of the direction that we're choosing consciously to go, because that's all this is. This is a journey. I don't. Uh, I I discourage my clients from uh, thinking that they will be enlightened in this lifetime because just by having that as a goal pretty much ensures it's not going to happen. You have to become <laughs> as wide as you possibly can. And just be as accepting as you possibly can be as to whatever material is showing up along the way that is there in order to assist us in awakening, in becoming more conscious about who we are and how we can influence our experience. Yeah. And, you know, it it really helps me to remember when things are not going as I would hope or something horrible happens, I go, 
okay, this is for higher good. This is for my higher good. This is for everybody's higher good. And I think, you know, for me, my spirituality helps me through this, you know, to, 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 to have that, that over, over lighting everything that I go, okay, okay. You know, this is, this is, even if I had a bad day or a bad mediation or the people didn't settle and, you know, lately I've been seeing people who are so narcissistic, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just, right. just the so past you're few you're describing ones. people who have been deeply shattered yes. in order for them to be presenting in that way because yeah. it's just never going to be enough. No, no. It's like, it's like a bottomless vacuum it, and it, and it, that, that just is an expression of the need that you're sitting with. Yeah. And I think that's. To some extent, that kind of the the system that we're in, the judicial system, I've noticed just just the past two mediations that I had, where where I saw people that were so out of touch that you know that they really should be settling because they're going to really hurt themselves if they don't, <laughs> and, right. and and you know, and trying to help them understand without pushing, just saying you know. It's always your choice, but let's look at what will happen here. And sometimes people would rather be right than happy or right, rather try try to prove they're right. But I think that's, like you said, imprinted in them that they never could be right or something like that, that they always had to prove that they were right to be able to survive. I don't know. Yes, it's coming from very deep insecurity and the fact that it was just incredibly unsafe to not be right. And that could have looked a lot of different ways and during yeah. childhood. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not their therapist. I'm just their mediator. So I'm trying to help them see the good things that could happen and try and shift their perspective and shift their brain from that fight flight into, you know, their compassionate side of their brain. And it's, uh, so I find all this stuff really fascinating. I mean, to be able to, to put together this, Beyond the imprint with some of the, the brain research is just am- amazing to me. But, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to be their therapist to, to go back into that. So I guess they're just going to have to have someone like you or they're going to have to have yeah. enough pain from, not, from experiencing trauma over and over again to, to the point where they finally say, I can't take this in my life anymore. I have to change. Right. Right. Either right. this that's, lifetime that's or another pretty, one. That's a pretty common presentation. Is that's what actually gets people to seek out help? Is that what they've been doing for years is, is not working? Their defenses are no longer effective. Right. And so, despite all of their defenses, they their suffering is, increases. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about energy medicine. You have a whole chapter on that. Right. So. I've learned through my own personal journey in having some very challenging physical issues show up very early on in life that uh, the healing that I experienced beyond any physical conditions that would make sense um, were experienced by exploring these modalities, working with uh, cranial sacral therapists, uh, Reiki therapists, um, working uh, with the understanding that the body is holding on to everything that it's ever experienced 
And so in doing that with all the different modalities that I've listed, um, and there's, I mean, I don't have the list in front of me. Um, it's, at, you know, we're going into traditional Chinese medicine, that framework with acupuncture, Qigong, Tai Chi. Um, we really want to be focused on supporting the body. And it's a big part of what we're going to be bringing to our clients with the nonprofit that we've created is, um, is to understand that you can't really, you know, Maslow, with his hierarchy of needs, identified back in the 50s that, you know, we really can't sit and talk to people about their psyches and about their emotional landscape right. if they're in survival, like if they don't know how they're going to put food on the table and if they just physically are unwell. We want the physical body supported. And so working with nutrition and working with supplementation and then using, um, a I'll be, we'll be using all different practitioners in the community and referring clients out to them with all different, all of these different modalities that I personally have explored. And we're going to have horses and do equine therapy. And mm. we're working with the understanding of the mind-body-soul connection, with the understanding of there being no separation and giving equal weight to all. But what I've experienced working with these modalities in energy medicine, particularly in the work that I do with the flower essences, the desert flower essences that I use, that these, uh, this particular modality is very effective at dissolving the imprint in a mm. very short period of time, or at least shifting things enough that people can actually feel like they, they're getting some ground underneath their feet and they are noticing differences. Well, I love and there that. Isn't it. And we are, would you believe it? We are just out of time. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.